the Redcoats are coming. While waiting for the next set of orders to be passed, the British gathered their strength in the city stronghold of Boston. Conversation and drink were a necessity. The soldiers knew they had some distance to cover. They knew there was cold lead itching to be spit into their chests. War brings out the worst and best of men. Either way, a nice swig of brandy can calm some nerves. The battle for Lexington was close at hand. The capture of Samuel Adams and John Hancock was plotted. One command is all that was needed. One command to set this epic tale in motion. Forward march. So what? Who cares about the British? Taxation without representation. 13 colonies being ruled half a world away by a king's stubborn ambition. King George refused to lose his grip. His control of the people who now inhabited this new green and fertile land. This was just folly. The Patriots saw this corruption for what it was and took matters into their own hands. But that is a different story. The Midnight Ride is the epic I speak of. Paul Revere risked family and his own life for the sole purpose of saving his Patriot brothers and protecting an idea that sounded ever so sweet when it rolled off the tongue. Freedom. On the evening of April 18th, 1775, Paul's presence was requested by one of the last major Patriot leaders, hidden in and among the overwhelming coats that occupied Boston. Upon his arrival, Paul was briefed on some significant news. The British troops were to march on Concord, destroying any and all storage houses in their path. Another important note was the arrest of both Samuel and John, who were staying with Hancock's relatives in Lexington. Paul began constructing his own plan of action. He returned to his neighborhood where he contacted a close friend, asking the man to climb the bell tower of Christ Church to set the infamous signal, the two lanterns. One lantern meant the British planned to march by land, whereas two emphasized the troops' plans to cross the Charles River. Paul then prepped for the 12-mile horse ride to Lexington. Making his way down to the North End waterfront, Revere slipped into a small rowboat to cross the mouth of the Charles River. The water wasn't safe by any means. He had to sneak past the British warship HMS Somerset. The ship had been anchored close to where the ferries normally traveled to Charlestown. Pressing past, Paul made his way deeper into town. After confirming that the Sons of Liberty had seen the lanterns that were lit, Revere mounted a horse and began his race through the countryside. Just outside of Charlestown, Paul was confronted by a British patrol. Spurring his steed, he blasted by, narrowly escaping capture. Paul rode hard, waking and notifying all the humble patriots in his path. When he arrived at the steps of the Hancock residence in Lexington, he was approached by a sentry who wished to know his business and asked Revere not to make so much noise. Noise? You'll have enough noise before long. The regulars are coming out, Paul said. Contrary to belief, Paul Revere never actually shouted. The Redcoats are coming. That was the work of Henry Longfellow, a poet who took the written accounts of April 18th, 
twisted them just to publish a newer, fresher version. Yet, while doing so, he left behind such a great story. Paul Revere is a great example of a patriot, but he also shows the true power of brotherhood. He would do anything for those he called friend. This story gives a brief glimpse into how impactful an idea can become, how it can grow and push men to tackle great feats. Sad that we don't witness extremes like this unless there is a war. Good guy versus bad. Men don't have a chance to perform for a cause greater than themselves. That too is just folly. Thank you.